Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. NFL, week seven. The uh, the time oh, to seven? really, yes, it's week seven. Is that crazy? It's stupid. It's stupid. It's uh, it, we are we have uh, we have ten uh, weeks of football left. Uh, I guess eleven. We have eleven weeks of football left. Pretty much ten games per team. Um, yeah. And uh, the, yeah, the season is flying by. Both uh, myself and Andy, proud to report our results. Happy to uh, to be in the black for the season to this point. Um, maybe more importantly than that, we have kind of dedicated our our mission this year to getting bets down early, beating the lines. And so far that has, that has, uh, had, um, I'd say positive success with that. Would you say so, Andy? Yeah, really. I liked it. Like doing our Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening podcast is kind of nice because it's, we just sit down and talk for an hour about the openers and we usually end up talking each other into betting some stuff. And that's right. The, In fact, the, uh, and we've only had a couple that were like, took some hard moves against us. Yeah, we have one and today. Some of that, uh, right, we have one today that uh, uh, we we pumped hard for um, uh, Minnesota at minus three, knowing that that was going to go to three and a half. And sure enough, it's up to three and a half, and maybe go higher. Um, so that was a nice early grab for us. Um, but yeah, they just in general, but. Um, kind of pivoting our focus to trying to beat the market here has netted some pretty nice results. I'm pretty happy with the the way the season's going. I feel like I have, you know, I'm seeing the board fairly well. Um, and uh, excited to talk about another week of uh, NFL football. Uh, we got four teams on by this week, which is a little that unfortunate. Is, that is, yeah, it's finally, finally getting to that point where there's going to be, there's actually, I think two weeks where you get six on by be a little mm-hmm. shorter so the card the card is one game shorter than it was last week but it's still it's true lots to it's talk true about. lots and lots it's of true so. yes and uh with that uh i think we ought to introduce our guest for today uh we, ah. being being this being a wednesday pod we're going to go through the whole card uh we wanted to uh reach out to a new voice a guy that we've talked to quite a lot behind the scenes on uh and this guy who's really built a pretty solid um uh, pretty solid independent reputation on gambling Twitter, which is not easy to do, uh, but he's a great guy. He's got a great feel for uh, Canadian Football League, especially MMA. Uh, I know he's got some hockey in his in his bones, but uh, maybe doesn't post about it anymore. Anyway, uh, we welcome to the deep dive, the one and only Millhouse. How are you doing Millhouse. this evening? Happy to be here, boys. <clears throat> yes. Okay. So uh, we, uh, I'm excited to finally talk to you. Uh, on the pod, uh, I've uh, known you on gambling Twitter now for quite a long time, and you know I I really appreciate people who have just kind of um, been positive and been active and kind of stuck with it and kind of you know built up their following and a reputation and what I consider to be the right way to do it. Uh, and I you know I give you huge credit for um, you know growing to getting over five k without really having any signal boost and just kind of being you know, just being a good guy and being independent. So congratulations to you. I'm glad to see that, uh, uh, that you continue to grow and, uh, more than anything else, congratulations on, uh, breaking the CFL. Holy shit, man. I'm looking. <laughs> well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. No, it's nice to, 
have someone like uh, yourself notice that because you're, you know, you're blowing up, man. What do you got now? 20,000 followers? Uh, getting kind of close. It's weird, man. It's surreal. I don't know how it's, I don't know how it happened, but I uh, just want to give you a little bit of a, uh, of run for, uh, for your, your CFL season. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, why, why don't you tell us how things have gone for you? CFL season has just been a breeze. I, I make my own lines before they're out and they're either bang on or Vegas would have been better off with my line basically is the trend I'm seeing here. Um, I think I've lost six weeks this year, but four of them were juicing out. So basically took uh, just over a unit loss and 2.7 or something one week. And the rest have pretty much just been smashing. Um, what are we, 18, 18 weeks, Steve? Uh, this is week 19. Yes, there's 21 weeks. So basically two losses. Uh, pay the books like 20 or 30 bucks in juice now and then, but uh pretty manageable. Like I haven't won in the last three weeks. I juiced out three in a row and it cost me uh, 0.55 of a unit. And right before mm. that, I smashed them for like seven, eight, four. I mean, it is what it is. It's an up and down, but my downs are very manageable. Nice. And, uh, what, yeah. What goes into your process of making a line for the CFL and how does that translate to those of those of our listeners who are at home starting to figure out a way to handicap the NFL? Yeah, how do you model okay. a rouge? Uh, <laughs> so you you got to expect a few rouges in Canada. Eh? Um, well, that's the one thing like people don't really understand is there is single points for punting a touchback or having a shitty field goal. You can actually score points. So I don't really look at numbers like they're key numbers anymore. Like, you know, go Ooh, seven's a touchdown. Well, they can get a point for missing a field goal. So don't worry about key numbers yeah. anymore. Tickets real. You can get a point on the kickoff, you know, <laughs> it's actually crazy. Um, <laughs> so what goes into making a line? I mean, now that there's enough stats, I mean, you can look through the offensive numbers and the defensive numbers. And with a little bit of my own personal opinion on the team's potential and have they reached it or not and, and whatnot, I can pretty much be pretty bang on with what they will come out with. I don't think they're as uh, sneaky as they are in the NFL. There certainly doesn't seem to be a whole lot of trap lines per se. You know, um, but yeah, now, now that we're this far, it's just a matter of going through, um, you know, yards per play and all that stuff and figuring out how, um, I mean, just basically offense versus offense, defense versus defense, and you'll find a number pretty close to what they're putting out. It's, it's really not that complicated to make it, but to find nice. the right side of it, I guess, definitely takes a little time. It, it, is a, it is a fun league to bet, too, because if you want to bet on some football, and I mean, even in America, this stuff is on. You're not gonna, you're not gonna get all the games, but I've watched plenty of CFL, and even like, I, I've watched like the Grey Cup a few years in a row now. That's my th- those the best thing I've ever seen out of Canada was the halftime show of Shania Twain going out to set the middle of the field on a dog sled. Like, <laughs> they they know they know, like this is what the people want. Well, dog sled to it. Shania, the people want. Uh, and I had the Argos money line. They were. That was hilarious. Oh, it's just ridiculous. But yeah, I love it. Bad. I love how it translates. Uh, let me ask you real and quick. It, start, we... it starts way earlier too. You could bet. You could be. I mean, like, like you said, eight July? 18 weeks. Yeah, it uh, starts June. in the middle of the summer. June. Yeah. Nice. nice. And they're talking about moving it back even more, like earlier next year, because the winter's so ridiculous here that 
there'll probably be three feet of snow for the great cup. So it's just stupid really. Oh yuck. Um, okay. So the, uh, you mentioned trap lines and I'm just curious what your take is. I guess when I think of like a trap line, I'm thinking like a line that looks too good to be true based on what we just saw from these teams. Um, yeah, I would say that's and true. yeah. And so basically if they're, they're traps, but the public perception certainly would view them differently than, than a sharp mind would, or uh, you're definitely missing something if the number seems too good to be true. But yes, right, 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 right. Okay, so um, are there situational angles and stuff like that in CFL that you incorporate as well that are important? Uh, some teams are obviously really good off buys, have a history. Um, but with three downs, that gives you basically two downs and a punt. Uh, the quarterback matchup is even more important, in my opinion. Uh, if you don't have a, I mean, there's a handful of guys that are pretty capable, um, almost maybe no backup star, <laughs> maybe like one or two. So it, uh, there is a huge difference, you know, and, um, say like Tannehill was injured last week, Brock came in and that line jumped so much. It's like, do you really think Tannehill's worth six points or whatever they gave him there? Like, that's insane. <laughs> In the CFL, I would concur that it probably is worth that many points, but. Um, <laughs> the NFL okay. probably okay. not. Um, I got you. Cool, cool. Who do you like? Uh, who do you like as the uh, CFL season comes into uh, the final home stretch here? Oh, this is the worst because the two futures I have uh, are loaded with injuries over the last couple of weeks, and the depth in CFL is brutal because you have to have so many Canadians on the roster and starting that. I, lo- I love that rule. <laughs> so when a good American player goes down, there's like no one to fill him with basically and uh yeah it's slim picking so as soon as you got a few key injuries you go from capable to absolute crap in two seconds um but i got a calgary future early in the year at plus 100 they're still in first place and they still are plus 100 and i also picked up saskatchewan at plus 1600 in week 10 yeah week 10 they had tons of injury problems. I knew this team is actually quite good when healthy. They are now in second place and have the second lowest odds to win it all at plus 550. So I smashed the market on that, and that was my opinion from day one that they really could do this. I, but now, I mean, they lost four guys last week, all starters, all key. Um, yeah. And I don't like that. <laughs> I, I, I did. I was going to – and this was going to be – I had meant to actually tweet this out. And I then when we got you to come on, I figured I'd just wait. So I have a Stampeders future, Calgary, at uh, plus 250 from way back, preseason, yep. which is obviously way better than what they're sitting at now. And I thought about, because the, the, you know, the Rough Riders had kind of come on midseason here, but then, yeah, with the injuries, like, is there a future that you would take right now to hedge that with? And the, it seems like the other, the other conference there is pretty shitty. It is, but uh, the amazing thing about the CFL is you can get into the playoffs at like seven and nine. Well, no, actually, we play more games, so uh, eight and ten. But <clears throat> it, yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. The Grey Cup winner last year, I had at plus one thousand. The Toronto Argonauts, they uh, they were nine and nine going into the playoffs. Nobody thought they had a chance, but you win two games and then you're there. So it's like. The East has won the last two years, and they've been written off by the general public both of those years. Um, and there's a crossover mm. team. So, uh, in oh, yeah, because there's right nine, now, nine teams. 
Yeah, there's nine teams, so the West has five. And (laughs) (laughs) it's it's like when you brought up buys, you know, every team, what do they have? Two buys a piece? I think they're on three right now. Three buys, yeah, because you with nine teams, like yeah. somebody has to just stand there and watch every week. Yeah, every week someone's out, and sometimes three teams are out. It's absolutely bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> it is wow. actually, it's just insane. Like, add another team, they're talking about it, but uh, we'll see. Okay. But yeah, so uh, if the fourth place team in the West has more points than the third and fourth in the East, they can go over to the East for the playoffs. So I would, oh, I would consider yeah. taking the BC <laughs> Lions right now. They are making noise. They're healthy now, and they they look top notch. They just beat Calgary last week, um, and they could probably probably get. East, but I'm not sleeping on the top two teams in the East. I think they're just kind of waiting. You know, they already know they're sure in the enough. They, they clinched in like week four, so they don't really give a shit. And sure enough. <laughs> Well, let me ask you uh, some general thoughts about gambling Twitter. Uh, you got started uh, right, probably right around the same time or maybe a little after I did, as far as I can remember. Uh, and, um, you know, what have you, what have you kind of noticed and, and how has it changed? And, you know, what, what kind of advice would you give to someone who's just getting started and they're like, you know, specialize in a specific sport, uh, use lots of emojis. Like, you know, what, what is the, the right way to get, get going doing this? For the uh, you're definitely going to need a like, few gifts. Uh, some emojis and gifts will take you probably further than good work will do these days. Um, <laughs> it almost, it sadly seems like other cappers are afraid of their followers noticing someone better than them. So it becomes a little bit of like a click. And uh, it is hard to kind of break into that inner circle. I don't really know how I did, but I just kept plugging away and putting up decent results. I started in 2014, so there's been a lot of time. Um, But the best advice I can give is be nice to people. You know, like most of (laughs) our keep asking results. That doesn't sound like fun at all. (laughs) I mean, it's probably not. I'm kidding. If I'm kidding. Always, I love- you know, if, if you're saying nice things to other cappers, they'll notice your work too. And then suddenly you make friends. And once you make friends, uh, the sky's the limit on social media. Hey, you end but, up on a podcast. Yeah, then you end up on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, People are listening yeah, right now. You were, I'm better you're than a huge dick. We wouldn't be talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So well, you start you started doing um you started doing some interesting stuff that I noticed, uh, including your uh, doing some video previews on YouTube uh, for MMA uh, specific MMA fights and things like that, and I really have been enjoying that stuff. Uh, is that where you see the future of this going? And uh, how have you found doing that so far? I've I've enjoyed it. I mean, I like everything to do with sports. I would love to, like you always say, work in sports radio or something. Like this is my favorite hobby and obvious passion. I decided to just step it up a bit, you know, like everyone's got a card out there and an opinion, but no one backs up their opinion. And it's just like Twitter's so watered down with self-proclaimed cappers that just clearly probably couldn't have an intelligent conversation about why they made a pick. It's the answer is probably line movement. You know how everyone is steam chasing. It's insane. But then I just thought, well, maybe I'll start doing write-ups, you know? Maybe I can separate myself from the pack. And then I thought, man, videos seem to do well. I uh, I made friends with a guy at Wager Talk. I met him in Mexico by accident. We were sitting at a bar screaming at the TV, and 
it's like, wait, this guy kind of knows what he's talking about. So does he, you know, it's like weird. Like, <laughs> you know, when you're listening to the corner comments, it's just weird because you always hear the dumbest stuff out of people watching sports. Oh, sure. And we were kind of going back and forth looking at each other like, wait, maybe this guy knows something. <laughs> and then he tells me he's on wager talk and uh, he's got like 150 followers on Twitter or something. And we started talking and then I guess he was a little bit, uh, ashamed of how many more i had but yes, <laughs> you shit you twitter fall ashamed him oh well i didn't mean to and he just kind of like giving me the humble brag and i was like oh that's pretty good but you know that's the thing like he's on that website he's not really even allowed to interact with people on his twitter it's like a business twitter and if you're not interacting no one's noticing you sure, and uh, right. it looks sense. like you just post advertisements every day Good cap. That's a great talk on the phone once in a while now. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, well, keep up the good work. Uh, you have uh, you, you're being Canadian, you have outs to a lot of sports books. We don't, right? Mm-hmm. I would say so. You but then again, like, there's uh, ones you guys have that I can't use, but I would say uh, we have way more options. It feels like because it's basically legal here. Yeah, is there any US facing book that you'd rather bet at than what you can get from Canada? Um, no, <laughs> no mention, <laughs> not that I know of. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's a one way street. Pinnacle, I would I much rather have access to what the Canadian access is. Uh, uh, maybe no better example than uh, the ridiculously insane story that broke yesterday. Did you catch the Sandy? Yeah, oh, did I catch it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we talked we, about we've this. Been over wow. This is one of those things where. Yeah, obviously the five dimes thing, the Tony Lindbergh baby kidnapping, who knows? And I I think I've just finally calmed down and realized, like, maybe news coming out of Central America isn't as reliable as what you might read. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm in a holding pattern, wait and see. I have more money in five dimes tied up in future bets than I do actually in my account. Sure, same. So, so that's... That's tough because I can't withdraw that. I guess, yeah. I just I, I'm forced to have that opinion apparently. So I will wait yeah. and see. I think the yes. fact that it's been business as usual for the f- past few weeks. Yeah, I haven't yeah. noticed. I I'm haven't noticed worried. anything. I haven't noticed anything. And then, I, I log yeah. in every single day. I look across all the markets just out of curiosity because I'm a degenerate, I guess. But like, I haven't noticed anything weird or anything suspect about the way. That I'm, and I am, I am a little curious about like, you know, if there is a big, oh, like a run on the bank. If people yeah, are right, freaking right. out, like, I kind of want to go in there and try to just withdraw like 50 bucks or something and see, see if what it's happens. Like, see, yeah. We'll get back to you in 30 to 35 days. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know? great. And like, oh, cool. okay. Yeah. Everyone is freaking out, I guess. So, yeah, right, so I, I don't know. Like, if, if you are freaked out about that, I guess take your money out and see yes. if that works. But yeah, we, it, and, and okay, let's qualify. Knows? Let's qualify a couple things. First of all, we are in no way, shape, or form experts about what's going on. Uh, I, anything that you read, it's a kidnapping saga in Central America. It's, it's totally, it's totally insane. But here, here are the few details that I think are pretty well established facts. This happened at the end of September. Uh, Tony, who, if you bet at five dimes and if you've ever had a dispute, a lot of people have interacted with him via message, uh, on five dimes. He was never a particularly nice guy via message. 
and I think a lot of people held that against him and, you know, and, and really did not particularly like him. And there was a lot of grave dancing even this, this last couple of days, which I think was a little weird. Um, because, Is that like, what you're I, saying? You're, you're hoping, you're hoping he was, <laughs> I like to put words in your mouth when you say stuff to make you look bad, but yeah, no, like, so we hope, we hope he's alive because yes, absolutely. we have money there. And also, Absolutely. we don't want to see people die. <laughs> that, that's that's true too. Uh, little column, like, little column. So, so yeah. So you know, but I, you know, at, at, at the end of the day, like I don't think Tony was like a crooked guy. I know that a lot of people had accounts kind of shut down and and limits reduced, but I think there probably was some reason for that. I don't think it was all in, you know, good faith betting. I think there was probably some, you know, taking advantage of bad, stale things. And, you know, it's, 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 uh, those are the risks you run. If you try to, you know, play too close to, you know, what you know is a bad line, but, um, you know, it, it's uh, it's the Wild West betting in offshores in the Caribbean, especially in, in, in Central Central America. Like, it, there's crazy things can happen. Last you should year. do it. You absolutely should do what you can to kind of limit your risk in terms of how much bankroll you have just sitting there, uh, where you have it. Now that now nowadays you can move bankroll around using cryptocurrency, there's really no reason not to have it just in an e an e wallet. Uh, and only put it into, you know, into some of these books, uh, so long as you need to make wagers. Um, and you yeah, know, there's, yeah, you don't, you don't need 200 units sitting there in your, no, in your, uh, no. in your five dimes account or, and, or any other book for that matter. If, I right, do love right. that too, because, and if you ever get that and boy, this is kind of a rabbit hole of just kind of an inane little story, but do, you have this too, where you get hot at one book for some reason and you, you can't like win a bet at another one. So I do love just the crypto side of things too, for I'll have that where I'll, I'll be a winning better for, you know, a period of time when, you know, 55, 60% of my bets, but I will lose every single bet I make in a certain book. And it's really nice to, it's really nice because then obviously you're winning in other books. You can take that and kind of even out those accounts with pretty relative ease with the crypto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. And so, well, you know, be, put it into the other. De- yeah, definitely practice beyond just good bankroll management, like definitely practice kind of, um, you know, being able to access your your bankroll when you need it, uh, getting it in and out of places. Don't just let it sit there. And and if something happens to five dimes, you're you'll be shit out of luck. It, I, I will say that in I think 20. 10, I believe it could have been 2008. It was a long time ago. I had a pretty sizable uh, for me at the time. I, I was like a, just relatively kind of out of college and, and didn't have a ton of money, uh, disposable income, but I had a good amount in world sports exchange.com Wessex. Uh, <laughs> and that went up in smoke overnight. Uh, and there was no recovering that money. And I, you know, I was left holding the bag and it was very frustrating. And it actually, I took, I think I took like two years off of, you know, offshore betting period after that. Cause I was just yeah. like, this sucks. Like it's, this is, there's no recourse for you. Yeah. You really, and there was, nothing. I mean, I do think yeah. we're in a better place than we are like 10, 15 years ago. There was offshores going up and, you know, it seems like there was just competition back then and people were, I don't like the reduced juiced Fridays or whatever. And a book would just get smoked by people and go up and up and be gone. That used to happen yeah. a lot more. Where, yeah, yeah, it's true. 
it's true. Uh, and so, you know, one of the things that kind of surfaced from this instance of Tony getting kidnapped uh, was allegedly, allegedly uh, it, the um, five dimes is under federal investigation. And this is something we've known about for a couple of years. Like they used they had a whole scheme going on where they were using Amazon gift cards illegally. Uh, and it gave the United States federal government uh, their foot in the door to come after, you know, the entity that was, you know, that was doing this, who otherwise was laundering lots and lots of money, allegedly. Uh, and <laughs> so the likelihood that, you know, the, the, the likelihood that there's some kind of major U.S. criminal investigation that, you know, unfoil, un, un, unravels from all of this. Uh, and that that puts pressure on whatever crime syndicate runs five dimes now and that they decide, poof, we're going to go away. Like, I, I think there's a non-zero chance of that. And so you should be, you know, you should be cognizant of that. But, uh, you know, that's true for pretty much every offshore book right now. And that's the world we live in with, you know, kind of this quasi legal state of gambling in the United States. So it's it's, uh, it's I do like it's what tricky. you said a bit ago there. Like, keep keep a bunch in, in an e-wallet like that. Try to, you know, crypto is probably a safe way to do that. Keep a bunch in, a, in the e-wallet and just have enough in your, in your betting accounts to make your bets. You know, yeah. You, yeah. In, yeah. If, I mean, if you're putting, if you're putting like 30, 40 units in play a day, then, then maybe this is the, the least of your problems. You problems. <laughs> you, <have bigger laughs> problems. Right. Yeah, you need to redefine <laughs> unit at that point. Some guys have that on one game. So yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. All right. Well, let's. Uh, that was fun discussion. Football. Appreciate appreciate you guys uh, entertain me on that little sidebar there. I again, I'm not an expert in this stuff, and just be you know use proper risk management with all of the you know way you conduct yourself in the online gambling space, and you'll be fine. Let's talk about some football. Uh, let's get into this week seven card. As mentioned in the opener, there are two. Oh, sorry, four teams on by this week, so we have two less games than we would otherwise. But that doesn't change the fact that a lot of these games look pretty good. Um, I won't say that about Thursday's game. <laughs> Thursday's game <laughs> looks pretty, 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 pretty trashy. Uh, the Denver Broncos, who are what two and four. Uh, Vance Joseph coaching for his life. Uh, he's coaching for the time of his life here. Goes to Arizona to take on maybe one of the handful of coaches in the league who are worse than him. Uh, and Arizona, by the way, uh, rookie quarterback on Thursday night football is a red flag. Arizona rookie head coach on Thursday night football is a red flag. There are just loads of, of issues here. in as I stack up and look at this Cardinals team roster coaching in, in, uh, in this spot. And all of this has led me to downgrade them in terms of expected performance to where I am predicting a Broncos six point win. So I grabbed Denver minus two and a half at plus one Oh six. Um, I know this is not a very popular take amongst a lot of my sharper friends. And I'm curious what you have to say about this. Andy. Am I dumb for backing the Broncos on the road here? Possibly. I, I've I'm not a big fan of obviously the rookie the rookie head coach thing is a little dicey and also I just I haven't thought a lot of him as a coach yet so far this year but you know at the at the same time the Broncos do have the weapons and I don't think Arizona is still I, I like that you know Christian Kirk he put up some numbers but if you look a little deeper it was oh well, basically like 
60% of his catch or yardage over the last two weeks was on that one play, which that was a big, you know, that was a big concern for Arizona going into the season. You got Larry, but they didn't have outside guys. Uh, I think Rosen's looked a little more poised going forward from obviously when they threw him out there, but what a, what a shitty thing to do. If you want to go back to talk coaching, the, the first snaps he ever got were, Hey, I need you to go orchestrate a game winning drive quick, which that uh, obviously didn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) No, Um, no, 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 no. I do. I I thought, and this was a big talking point in the off season too. Arizona's defense was going to take a big step back losing like six, seven players, but they haven't been terrible. Um, Denver and Arizona have similar defenses, especially against the passes. If you want to go yards and just kind of all the metrics, uh, it's going to be a close game toss up that I, I don't love taking, a maybe a road team here. I, I, I can't make a case to back Arizona right now, but yeah, it's a, it's kind of a really gross pass. If I did lean, you know, the rookie head coach angle kind of helps you. Yeah, so uh, Millhouse. Okay, I'm not be, excited uh, about it. Yeah, <laughs> Millhouse. There's, there's going to be NBA on Thursday. Some pretty good games. There's going to be uh, <laughs> Toronto versus. Uh, I'm sorry. There's going to be uh, uh, Houston versus uh, Red Sox in uh, Major League Baseball playoffs. There's probably uh, lots of good hockey on Thursday as well. Uh, is this a game you're going to tune in for? I was going to say, um, not only am I not interested in betting it, but I don't think I'm interested in watching it. I mean, I got some rules I follow when I bet NFL, and I guess they don't really apply here. Like, I, I never bet on the worst quarterback if they're on the road, and I know Case isn't worse as of today, but it's really hard for me to swallow Case Keenum road favorite. Uh, <laughs> you yeah. know, like that's just not something I want to say out loud. And... Um, and from the game plan perspective, I like to try to put my, you know, myself in the coach's shoes and see how they're going to attack. And I don't really think Denver can stop the run very well. And mm, I, mean, I yeah. expect them to be more balanced. Um, shit. Like, it, I don't know. I, I, I understand why you have value on Denver for sure. Um, but I'm just not interested. This is a, this is what we like to call a dumpster fire. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. This is uh yeah, if among the NFL could flex games. If this was a Sunday night game, it'd be getting flexed out. Oh, oh yeah, very, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we we gotta talk about Arizona as a as a, a team and as a franchise. Like if there was relegation, like relegate this team. Like I really could not care less about Arizona right now. Um <laughs> they have you know, even with Josh Rosen as a promising kind of future prospect of quarterbacking, um, you know, they they have very little in this team that interests me. The little they do have in David Johnson, they are still not utilizing correctly. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't think they're ever going to figure it out either, to be honest with you. They got Mike McCoy back there calling plays. He's awful. Uh, and they got uh, they got a defensive minded head coach who just does not understand the direction that the league is evolving into. And so, um, you know, Vance Joseph, he did pretty well in his Thursday night football debut last year. He beat the pants off of the Colts on the road uh, with Brock Osweiler, actually, uh, as his quarterback. Um, and if he can do that, then I think he can get it done here and get a win against Arizona. Uh, comfortable enough to back them out to minus two and a half. Hopefully it's a, it's a competitive, interesting game and not a total dumpster fire, like you mentioned, but we shall move on to the Sunday part of the card. We finally 
get a standalone London game. Uh, Tennessee <laughs> and the LA Chargers are playing in London uh, in the super early, early, time, early, oh, early time slot. I love that. the early time slot. Uh, yes. I'm an early riser, I. so might as well start football when I'm up. I, this is a classic spot. <laughs> Play the over, stay in bed. Crack it, crack your eye open at halftime. See if the over has life. If it does not, go back to bed. If it does, wake up and get some coffee and enjoy the second half. Um, That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> and Andy, how do you frame uh, the Chargers and the Tennessee Titans as they head to jolly old England? Well, I think Tennessee is probably pretty happy that Bosa's still hurt because what was it? how many sacks did they give up? Eleven. It was eleven. That was, yes, that was yeah. terrifying. It, I like, think Mar- Mariota just got sacked again, so it's twelve now. Every time you turned around, it was it was like third and it, it's an impossible situation when it's it's third and seventeen all the time. Like you're you're not gonna obviously they didn't score. That was like a what a two and a half three point spread. Never yeah. doubt. Two and a half. Yeah, it was just disgusting. Like. I mean, you're not going to put drives together if you can't protect. And uh, it's not like it was just protection. They were, they weren't uh, getting separation outside. It was, it was really something to behold. Like we talked about last week, the, the, the late games were really bad to watch. Um, I, I don't know how I feel. We could, uh, we could, we could be talked into some, some Chargers money here if Tennessee's interesting to play like that. Interesting, I, I, interesting. And the over. I love the overs in London. They just seem to uh, yeah. magically happen. <laughs> I'm not much of a trend guy, but it seems like they're trying to sell football overseas to me. Um, I mean, uh, and the Chargers on a neutral field, I actually think might be more of an advantage than playing at home. Like, there's a good oh, yes. chance they'll have more fans in London than they do in LA. I think that's um, probably true. Uh, yeah, both teams so are in London better. for the first time in this one. Neither has made the trip over to London before, as far as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the Titans did so long ago that I've forgotten, but I don't think either team has been before. Uh, both teams are uh, traveling roughly the same distance, same time frames. They're both leaving from the middle-ish part of the country on Thursday, so there's not a clear advantage there. Um, let me see, though. I'm going to challenge you a little bit on Chargers, guys. Uh, we expected to see this like Chargers minus three or minus four. Uh, and the Chargers finally, you know, having winning three games in a row, finally kind of moving themselves up in the standings to where they look like a contender. Beating the pants off of the Cleveland Browns has, I think, effectively probably made public perception overrate this Chargers team. Uh, and at the same time, this is like an ultimate buy low spot on the Tennessee Titans who just got shut out at home uh is there some overreaction on seeing a line like minus seven here where probably should be closer to a field goalish type of game yeah i mean i would think four four and a half perhaps um sounds more fair but the difference isn't a whole lot i mean there's no key number being crossed i mean last i seen it was six and a half is it up to seven now there are uh, some well, sevens. Yeah, there's some sevens out there, but six and a half is fine as far as I mean, even so, they have to win by a touchdown. Is that yeah, uh, yeah, is that is that too so much to ask for? Or no, they have to score twenty six or more. Well, uh, the Chargers are the only team in the league, I believe, uh, to have three touchdowns in every game, right? Three touchdowns. offensive touchdowns. Offensive touchdowns. Yep. So I mean, 
take a look at Tennessee's egg they laid last week. I don't think they can even score three touchdowns. Ooh, it is London. Okay. Um, okay. I'm not that interested in I mean, I prefer the over, maybe a Chargers team total over. Yeah, there we go. Well, if you're a teaser guy, you probably like Chargers in the over. I do not really like teasers in the NFL, but I know some people do. Yeah, you get to get some nice numbers there. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I've uh, I've yeah, backed the over in this one. I think I, this I one's like fun. a yeah. If there's an good. actual like travel advantage, like otherwise some of these aren't the best to bet. But like when you had something like last week where it's like Oakland just clearly didn't know what the fuck they were doing traveling there, and mm-hmm. like, it made it it made it easy to bet Seattle. Like here they're pretty yeah they're pretty much doing the same thing. The Chargers actually have been to London like ten years ago, so. Uh, maybe not many people on the current roster staff, but uh, I can't, <laughs> Philip Rivers I can't get was there, right? Philip Rivers, yeah, oh eight. I would, I think so, yeah. So I, I can't really, can't really give him like an advantage for that. But I do like that. I'm, I'm a big Chargers team total guy. I've bet that a few times this year. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I like the Chargers to get to about 28 here. The over under, I feel like, was a little low, deflated because people are like, well, Tennessee can't score. But mm-hmm. we've seen some. Some life out of Tennessee. Uh, they put it together at times. Uh, they just sucked last week. I mean, they I just. They just suck, <laughs> I, I think Mariota is going to be out of a job soon enough. Ooh, that's the hot take. Interesting. Okay, it's so you not, think they give just what I see out of him is not it's not playoff material, you know? So yeah, he uh, he has won the playoff game. Uh, I'll say this: uh, he they have to decide soon, I guess. Right? He's coming up on the fifty fifth year option. This is his fourth year as quarterback, uh, third or fourth. I can't really remember, but, uh, yeah, he really is not showing a ton of growth and development. And, um, I was really looking forward to seeing him paired with, uh, Matt LaFleur and that has not manifested itself in anything interesting so far. So, um, they had a good O-line not long ago. It was rated number one, just ahead of Dallas on the DBOA, but, um, they don't look good now. No, no, they've completely fallen apart with a couple key injuries. It's been pretty yeah. sad to watch. The Lawan injury was, yeah, that's at least he got paid. At least he got Yep, 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 yep. Okay, well, um, let's talk about uh, one of the more interesting games of the week. And I'm really kind of mad at myself because I was not able to find an edge to bet this one, even though I'm sure I'm going to watch most of this game. The New England Patriots head to Chicago to take on the Monsters of Midway. Uh, on that uh, long grassy field uh, and the Patriots are coming off of a kitchen sink game where they threw everything they possibly had at the Kansas city chiefs to come away with a three point win. Uh, a lot of people have kind of said, Oh no, no, no. Now it's, it's regular season. You know, the Patriots are through their early season hiccups that we always see. Now they're playing legit again. This offense can't really be stopped. Nobody can cover Gronk and, and uh, when he's playing the way he played last week and Edelman's back getting some chemistry, Josh Gordon's building some chemistry with Tom Brady, Tom Brady's, you know, calling, you know, field general at the line is just doing a masterful job as always. Um, and they open this thing up as expected at about uh, New England minus three. Uh, and it took money. It went up to three and a half. And there are places, there are uh, particular square shops where you can get bears plus four. Um, Andy, is that uh 
three and a half, four. Is that drawing you in to back the Bears here at home uh, coming off of what was a pretty brutal loss to Miami? Yeah, bounce back spot, uh, maybe a little flat spot if that exists in a Belichick kind of run team. The uh, trepidation here is the Mac injury. He missed practice today, I think. And, yeah, that, that's going to kind of hold me back from betting this one yet. Going to wait to see. I don't foresee Patriots money not showing up. So I don't think it's like it. I don't think we're going to see a two and a half. So I'm not terribly worried no. about uh, I'm not terribly worried about missing out on this three. So, uh, honestly, even if Max sits out the rest of the week, you might see three and a half later on anyway. Patriots money will show, especially after what they did, you know, on national TV to an undefeated team. So I'm going to sit and wait on this one. I, that I, Khalil Mack makes a big difference. He does. Yeah. yeah. He's not Lawrence Taylor, but he's good. <laughs> <laughs> I heard he's pretty good. Uh, Milhouse, let me ask you uh, about the Patriots. Uh, real quick, quick gut, gut feel on the Patriots. Is this team going to compete for the AFC or are they, do they yes. have just too many holes? Okay. Uh, no, and then no, gut, they'll find gut, a way to compete for it. They always do. And they're pretty okay. stacked, I think. Uh, as far as this game goes, though, I mean, they got the better coach, the better QB, better offense in general. Um, but this Bears team is pretty solid at home, especially the D. And I'm not really excited about messing with them uh, when they're at home. But I would say the value probably lies on Chicago here. I think it'll be the sharp side, even though we've seen the Patriots take some money. Um, but it's just a total pass for me. I kind of like the under. I had that circled. I mean, if you just forget what you've seen last week, uh, Pat's average drops a bit on offense and the defense gets a bit stronger. But even with that, uh, these two teams combined for only 44 points against. And uh, I think it'll be closer to that than it will be to their offensive. Like you said, the long grass on the road. I I think everything changes here. This isn't the Chiefs defense and they're not at home anymore. Far from it. Yeah. Great point. So, uh, do you like think the, the Bears part. are the Bears contenders in the NFC? Um, well, kind of. I mean, I'm not too sold on Trubisky yet. I mean, I watch a lot, and I see it seems like he misses some stuff that he probably shouldn't, but he'll continue to grow. I like what they're doing with the play calling, though, and the design. So, I mean, that NFC is kind of a crapshoot. I wouldn't rule them out. Um but I don't think they can beat the Rams to be completely frank. That is pretty, pretty solid analysis. Uh, Andy, are you going to uh, cash out that uh, NFC t- ticket for, uh, I'm, for I'm the opening Bears? that right now. So Millas, you know, you use three, six, five. So you're familiar with the cash out button. Oh yeah. There is, there is a, we do have a sports book down here that has the button. It's sportsbook.ag. And well, I, I, like I only, it's not a good book for, I'll, I'll give it that my grade on that one. It's a C minus, but okay. I will place future bets there because especially if it's a future bet, which sounds dumb to say a future bet that I don't think can actually cash, mm-hmm. but the number, but the number is just way too big. Well, if you've already profited on the bears, I, I have no issue at all with cashing that out. Can you do like a half cash out like we can on three, six, five? Oh, no. He, he, as far as oh, what, that, I mean, what are you, what are we talking? Cool. Like, there's you a can do a hash calf calf. You can basically oh, yeah. you, you don't have take to cash your... out the full amount on bet three six five. Oh no 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 no! This is the amount you want. And take some. 
We aren't, oh, we aren't crazy. like that yet down here. God, I, I might have to move up there. I'm not even that, that far. One, that is, that so, is awesome. Yeah, I have to Okay. All right. Well, let's move down. Let's keep, let's keep cranking. Uh, the uh, Cleveland Browns coming off of that embarrassing ass paddling by the uh, Los Angeles Chargers at home, head down to Tampa Bay. Uh, the Buccaneers were frisky as hell versus the Falcons last week. Almost came away with that win, uh, but they, in the end, take the L and do not cover. Um, that was a pretty lucky cover by the Falcons. I will take it. Um, Tampa Bay, interestingly enough, uh, not uh, not not surprisingly is the more popular side here with the rookie quarterback on the road and some of the, um, some of the, the glory and glow around Cleveland shattered. Uh, they open at minus three. It's bet up. Uh, it's still minus three, minus three and a half at some shops. It's a juicy minus three. Um, I could not come up with an edge on this one either. Uh, I think there's a small edge on Tampa. I think Tampa's, uh, defense is atrocious, but their offense is good enough to put up points on this Browns defense. This is kind of strength versus strength. Uh, and I'm in the end just going to stay away. Andy, are you going to take a position on this? Yeah, this is a, a weird stay away. Like you said, strength versus strength. I think it'll be a maybe a Cleveland offense props game because, boy, Tampa's defense, they're giving Kansas City a run for their money at some points here. They have a couple nice pieces but uh, for the most part, really bad defense, giving up plays, huge yard plays in chunks all the time. So start your Browns in fantasy, I guess. And yeah, same thing on the other side. The, the, the Browns in fantasy. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Maybe the, the Browns, deeper, the Browns running back usage, running back usage, and play calling for the Browns has been pretty awful this year like i really i I don't know how they scored 42 against the raiders that whole that raiders game 45 42 like that how anomalous was that like this is not a very good offense the defense is better than giving up 45 and the raiders offense is not very good and now they got 45 as a mystery uh that was a weird game uh so yeah interceptions and whatnot though that changes yeah right 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 short fields and turnovers really kind of Changed the tone and complexion of that game. Uh, Tampa Bay fired their defense coordinator, Mike Smith. Is that right? They did. Correct. Any chance that gives the uh, the Tampa Bay the bounce they need to get back in the win column this uh, this week, Miles? I don't think so. Uh, I went over okay. this, and uh, I, I think Tampa has a really lame home field advantage. I've been there. It is there's going to be way more Mayfield jerseys than Winston there, um, and I I don't like Winston. Um, I think he sucks. I really do. I, I was happy about Fitzmagic being in there. I know he's kind of raw at times too, but at least he's smart. I think Jameis might be dumb, like actually. Um, and I have a bit of an issue with that because you have to be intelligent to get it done in the NFL. So with the new D coordinator, I mean, I don't know how quickly he's going to be able to turn it around or get everyone on the same page. I don't like that QB switch. Uh, that may have divided the locker room a bit, even though we didn't notice last week. As far as better D goes, I really think Cleveland's is better, regardless of how bad they looked the last few weeks. Um, these QBs are actually probably pretty similar. I think Jameis and Mariota, the number one and two pick there, are both junk, and they'll be gone soon enough. So, I've gone to head. I almost say Cleveland money line has the value, but mm. I'm not that with a ten foot pole. 
Interesting. God, if they weren't looking ahead, that, to it's Pittsburgh funny. I was going to make the I same Mar- Mariota thing because I mean that's yeah. a, that's a solid comparison. It's the same thing. Like all the hype and boy, it's really petered out, especially this well, year. Hype's not that's, their fault. That's the NFL just trying to sell their product, new and exciting. Yeah, yeah, but it's see. none of those guys are hands in luck. They're not yeah, even Robert true. Griffin, are they? I mean, that's it's true. ridiculous. It's especially disappointing with both guys because they're both with pretty innovative offensive coordinators this year. You would think that they could get the most out of them. And the fact that they're not is probably a sign. <laughs> like yeah, it's, this is, this is, you know, this is the kind of the proof of concept and it's not working even with smart guys. So uh, move on. Uh, if they don't show for home field in Tampa Bay, like what do you, what do you value the home field at one and a half? Uh, it's probably closer to two and a half. Um, okay. it's still, it's still a tough place to play in the heat down there earlyish in the season. Um, I don't I know. It's, not, but yeah, I hear you. It's, I would agree. it's, as the season goes on, I would drop it more and more. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. I would as well. And it's also, um, uh, it's kind of, it's a tough, tough trip for, uh, you know, it's a long trip for, for a lot of teams because you're heading down to Florida. Uh, it's far east and it's far south. So it's, you know, there, there are some 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 reasons to kind of give it consideration for home field. But you're right, the stadium does not have the energy of the likes of a lot of other ones out there. Um, and, uh, yeah, Tampa Bay, not a very good team, not a very good defense. Uh, tough to get involved in backing them as a favorite even at home. So let's move on. Um, the uh, Detroit Lions coming off of their bye, uh, head down to play – uh, Brock on in the Miami Dolphins in uh, Hard Rock Stadium. They still call it that. Who knows? Um, oh yeah, because the Hard Rock playing. Cafe. That's where the kids are hanging out. That's a the Hard Rock Cafe. <laughs> I don't Hard have Rock a... Cafe. Remember those? I do oh, remember those. You know, I I, I, uh, I also don't I don't understand what happened in that Chicago Miami game last week. It was like. That one, there's, you know, games aren't fixed, blah, 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 blah. Like, that was crazy. It was like the Chicago was not going to win that game no matter what they did. It was bizarre. And the fact that they got the fumble at the goal line, turned it around, went, drove down the field, got close to field goal range, and then pulled out those three ridiculously conservative running plays. I just, I, my head, still scratching my head over that. Um, Miami was very lucky to get that win. Uh, Brock Osweiler is as bad as we remember. I have no idea how he was as effective as he was against that team. He, the the metrics, the statistics were completely jacked up by those two weird ass broken run, you know, broken catch and runs by Albert Wilson. Um, oh and that one in overtime. <laughs> it was the, the one in overtime was crazy. That, well, the that one that, that tied the y- game yards after the insane. catch was a little wild. It was, was insane. Overtime. Yeah, I don't think you, you can count. That's 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 not sustainable in my book. I think a Lions team coming off of their bye that was putting things together heading into their bye, I think they're going to be very, very dangerous in this spot. I'm going to back them at minus three plus 100. I think they get this win pretty comfortably. Uh, am I selling the Dolphins short, Andy? <sighs> Boy, this is one I've done a lot of soul searching on. Miami has surprised me in a few spots, but... I mean, are you expecting Albert Wilson, you know, 150 yards after the catch every week? No. Just against great defense. They're just nuts. Uh, this is one we, <laughs> we talked we talked earlier. Um, I, I can't back. This is similar to the Thursday night game. I'm not going to go back. Stafford on the road right now. 
the way Detroit has looked in certain situations. Uh, Suma brought up a point about the Patricia familiarity with the AFC East. I kind of like that and swayed me the other way. And then it, again, it's, uh, it, I don't think Tannehill's great. I don't, I don't know if Osweiler's a huge drop off. So this is a complete pass. I hope this game's terrible and I hope Detroit wins. Mm, okay. Mm. Uh, you got, you got a feel for Detroit at all in the house? Uh, well, I will say if you're going to play Detroit, I would do just what you do and uh, make sure you get that plus money. But to me, this line feels a little bit off. I mean, the value has to be on Miami, but it's so short that it, is it really value? I'm not sure. But if this game was in Detroit, that translates to like eight and a half. I think that's a little absurd. Um, and, uh, well, uh, like uh, Andy just said about Patricia's familiarity with the AFC East, that was my angle in week one, and I got my ass <laughs> So, I mean, I don't know. I, I agree. I don't think the drop-off is huge to Brock. I think they both are just below good, not average. Maybe Tannehill's slightly better than average. But uh, for me, this looks like a perfect game to pass on. I mean, I, I can't back Brock against mm. a way better quarterback off a of bye. But this Lions D can't stop a nosebleed on the ground. I mean, I, I had Dallas minus three against them, and I happily put way too much money on them, and I didn't cover, but it went exactly as I thought. They destroyed them in the trenches. Zeke set, like, a world record for awesomeness. And uh, I just, uh, I don't know. Obviously, they'll be tighter this week off the bar. It just looks think. like a real good pass to me. But if, if I was, I would do just what you did, get the plus money. Detroit's going to win. They'll cover three. Yeah. Okay. Um I guess my my final thoughts on this, Brock Osweiler, uh, when he's when you get surprised by him and you're the Bears and Brock Osweiler has beaten you as a franchise and his first start for his new franchise two times in a row and now he's got his third chance to do it, like the stars are just aligned and you're not prepared for him. Maybe he gets he has a little bit of an advantage. Better looks better than he is. Mm-hmm. Um, now you, you get now not only do you have a team coming off the bye but you have a full week knowing what you're preparing for i think you can make it very 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 tough for the passing game of the dolphins to succeed in this so um that's kind of the that was really what tipped me over the edge is the idea of just you know defensive coordinator and a defensive head coach and patricia getting a full week to prepare your team to face brock osweiler i think is going to be a differentiating factor let's move on to uh, (laughs) what's that Said, that is key that too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah as far yeah. as you need to dive into that one, really, if you're going to play it. Uh, Brock is a team with time. It's just insane to back Brock. But yes. Okay. Well, uh, two better teams. <laughs> I guess better. I don't know. Are the Panthers good? Uh, the Panthers nope. head down to nope. head. The Panthers head up to Philly. Uh, game looks to be potentially impacted by the wind. It could be a little bit windy up there in Philly. Philadelphia gets extra rest coming off Thursday night football. Um, Panthers, second week in a row on the road. Lots of things stacked against the Panthers here. Uh, and at, even with all of that, Philadelphia is still extremely limited by injuries. Lots of, um, you know, lots of, lots of, uh, reasons to downgrade this Eagles team. Uh, but a huge reason to upgrade them. Wentz looks back. Wentz looks good. Wentz looks absolutely frisky and alive. Um, I'll go with uh, Millhouse first because I know Andy has an angle on this one. Uh, do you see uh, Carson Wentz uh, of 2017 peak 
uh, putting on a show and, and burying this Carolina Panthers team that looks a little fraudulent to me? I don't know if he's at his peak, but he's certainly getting better every game. Um, both teams seem a little bit underrated to me, but Philly especially, they just keep getting better. Their defense should handle Cam, especially with the wind you mentioned. And uh, I'm not sure I see a ton of value, but I definitely would be gun-to-head Philly here. Wentz has been so solid at home in his young career. They are the better team. Back-to-back road games, like you mentioned, Cam's accuracy is super questionable. So uh, Philly's definitely capable of stopping the run, and that wind might be capable of stopping Cam. I would be all over Philly. Um, But I haven't decided if I'm betting in the NFL yet. Interesting. Uh, Andy, you like Philly as well? Yeah, he kind of hit on a few of the points. I mean, just being, again, in Philadelphia, Carolina on the road. Again, then you got uh, the fact that I just don't think Carolina's any good. Um, I I think maybe a bit of mirage last week. Washington has been very bad in the second half. They dominated them in the first half, and then I I missed that line. I was gonna just I, I didn't have money on the game. I wish I would have taken Washington in the long run. I guess hindsight because it was a lean. I took off the card, but uh, Carolina second half, like we said, uh, Washington's bad after halftime for some reason right now. Um. So I don't think Carolina is as good as some of the results have shown. It took everything to beat uh, the Giants. Uh, wins, yeah, wins at home. I, I'm, I'm going to sell. I'll probably sell this to five and a half or six Ooh, if I can. That, uh, just, I, like that. I don't think five. Five is not the key number for me. I'm going to. I'm going to move that up a little. Uh, you're not seeing a big spread on the like. It's not moving a ton. I guess it did open at minus four and a half, but how much is it going to really take to move off that number? So this is probably going to be a play for me. I'm just going to kind of watch watch the injury news going into the weekend. Yeah. So I guess if you follow kind of the long term, like what does Vegas think of these teams? Uh, we expected to see Philly minus four in the preseason. Uh, the look ahead last week was Philly minus three because I think. Even the you know, Wentz was not looking as good as they expected, so they had Philly downgraded as a unit, I guess. Um, but then the win on Thursday Night Football in primetime, kicking ass in New York, they bumped them back up, and so now it's back to four, and it's gotten bedding up to five. So, you know, there's there's momentum here from from kind of the public, I guess, in terms of, you know, believing in Philly again as a contender. Um, but for me, at least, the angle that really presents itself for betting here is the over and this is even despite the wind despite the conditions i still think the uh the eagles and the panthers are going to put up points here um you know the way that uh the way that the giants scorched uh philly on the ground was a little uh concerning uh really and i think you know the panthers with their running attack you know running first focused attack i think they're going to be able to move the ball i think cam newton's you know what he's contributed on the ground beyond the passing game has been pretty impressive this year uh and i could see carolina getting into the 20s pretty comfortably uh which goes to well what is philadelphia going to do uh and i think Wentz healthy i think with his complement of weapons in the passing game he's going to get 28 points here pretty comfortably so i'm capping this as a 49 point game uh, which makes the total too low in my book. So I backed over 46 and a half at plus 107. Uh, second over of the week for me. Uh, and also, I will touch on too that uh, I did this before the Thursday game, forgot to tweet it out because I, I guess I really didn't think it was that important. If anybody really read my, my preseason article, I did bet Cowboys to win the NFC East at like plus 375. 
And the fact that as shitty as they played, that number has gone down somehow. So I did take Philly at even money to win the NFC East just to cover that bet. And after they won the game, obviously it went up to like minus 150. But with the results of the weekend, it is back down at even money. So if you do have some like Redskins or Cowboys to win the NFC East, which were nice Nice bigger numbers over the uh, over the course of the offseason. Both of them are down, and it, it might not be the worst uh, idea to uh, cover some of that with the Philly to win the East, which Philly to win the East is even money. Might just be a good bet, even if you don't have one of those other bets. Yeah, I don't disagree with that, really. I, and Philadelphia is such such the class of the East in terms of a franchise. Um, the stuff that we're seeing that, that New York is doing, John Mara has run that franchise into the ground daniel snyder and jerry jones obviously are not not uh, not good heads of franchises there so philadelphia might be ruled, ruling the east like the patriots ruled the afc east uh, going on a decade now until some ownership changes hands here um let's move down and talk about maybe what potentially i'm capping as the worst game of the weekend um buffalo bills they lose Ooh, their uh, their star quarterback of the future josh allen uh so they go out and they sign uh, Derek Anderson. Legitimate reason to speculate that the reason they went out and signed Derek Anderson is if they trotted Peterman out there, uh, McDermott was going to lose his team. That is insane. <laughs> no, that, that, that's 100% the reason. That's the reason. That is that's, insane. That's awesome. It it's is insane. Like Peterman might have more interceptions than completions at this point in his career. The guy's unbelievable. It's crazy it how low, low his confidence must be. Seven picks or something? Jesus. It's ridiculous. His interception rate defies pos- you know, defies, he's, defies he's the, the worst odds. I've ever seen in the NFL. Like there's guys that are just don't have potential and he is the poster boy. It's insane. Oh man. Once uh, when Andy when when we too. when we kick this to Andy, let's kick it to Andy now. Give me your take on Indy versus Buffalo. And I'm gonna think about if I can remember seeing a worse quarterback than Nathan Peterman. Good luck. Spurgeon win. Um, <laughs> way better. Come on. I might, I might just, uh, the legend Jeremiah Mazzoli. I might take the under again on the Bills. I Jeremiah don't know. Way outperform him. Yeah, I, he's <laughs> thrown over 300 yards and two down. Um, to be fair, but the field's longer, so that's you gotta, you gotta oh. convert that and wider. Five foot eight receivers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, uh, 40, it came down from 44, but there's still 43 and a half. Ah, I actually, again, I said this last week, I backed the under. It was pretty much no sweat. Uh, Buffalo's defense isn't bad. Uh, it is, you know, on the fast track indoors, but if, if Hilton doesn't, if Hilton doesn't play, I'm on this under. If, yeah. if Hilton's Friday doesn't look good, I'm probably hitting this under. I don't see Buffalo getting to like 17 and I don't see Indianapolis putting up, you know, a, a huge number on them. Like this is probably high. It should be like 40. I'd probably be on this under again. It's just, especially if Hilton doesn't play. Yeah. You've well, been like, hammering these bills unders and they've been golden, man. I'm, tr- I'm, I'm finally catching on to you in your, your bills under <laughs> strategy and I'm, I'm on board. Uh, so sorry for mushing this. Uh, I'm on under 43 plus 102 also. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you think uh, Andrew Luck uh, and the Colts can score more than, say, 23 mil house? This I Buffalo do. defense is pretty legit, though. 
they're okay, but when your quarterback puts you in terrible positions, you're fucked against Andrew Luck. So sorry for my language, but Jesus. Uh, in my opinion, the Colts are much better than they are even perceived to be, and they are certainly better than the Bills, and they need to get it together. I see them winning this by double digits. Um, I see them line move back half a point, but I think that's just false movement to attract the steam chasers, to be frank. Um, I, I see no way Derek Anderson's ready. You know, he, he's he's okay, but how do you get chemistry with a really bad team that quick? I I just don't see it. I think Indy's front seven is much better than people think they are. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is one of my favorite looks of the week. I really think Indy just no problem wins this game. I support that. I support that. I I was vacillating in the fact that I missed the opener before it came down and before they mentioned Derek Anderson as the replacement. Good God, that's Derek Anderson's music. Uh, before that happened, I was really keen on uh, on Indy, and then after that, I'm just thinking, you know what? You put Derek Anderson out there. If you you had a run first approach already, now it's going to be like like what two thirds run, one third pass, even like I, I have no idea. They're going to have the most vanilla offense we've seen in a long time. Even the Colts can defend against that. The Colts' defense has been bad, but this this number is inflated because the Colts' defense has been bad. And I and I just I don't think I think you're talking about you're going to get a good solid college effort out of the Bills' defense here, and you're going to get uh, just a, a pathetic vanilla effort out of the offense. And under yes. forty three, let's get it. Um, I, I mean, I can like that under, but I, yeah, I, I really do think the statistically the Colts defense looks awful, but they didn't exactly have the easiest offenses to go against for part of the It's season. true. And it's they true. did look okay when they didn't. This is not a good offense. It's true. I mean, it's true. Okay. Uh, let's go from, let's go from, uh, let's go from a game where I'm capping 39 points to a game where I'm capping 58. Uh, what a crazy, what a crazy state of the league. Like the fact that there's games where we can legitimately expect in the thirties and then other ones in the sixties is just insanity. Uh, but Kansas city, uh, finally at home, Kansas city has been on the road an extremely high amount this year. I think of their six games, four of them on the road, and they've been traveling all over the country, all points. They've been to LA, uh, they've been to what Pittsburgh, they've been up to Denver at altitude. They've been to the East coast to play the Patriots. They're finally back at Arrowhead. Um, and they get to host the Cincinnati Bengals who had their hearts ripped out from their chests on the field by the Pittsburgh Steelers last weekend, uh, up 21, 20, <laughs> finally, finally going to get that win against the hated Steelers. And they can see just a, just a gruesome drive. Antonio Brown, uh, literally dances on their, on their, uh, you know, on their, on their graves, the proverbial uh, grave, the proverbial grave. Um, I am going to expect a lights out performance from the Kansas city chiefs in this, even though like, if you kind of look at the arc of chiefs seasons past when they've gotten out to a really nice start, this is the time of year that the teams start to catch up to them a little bit. Uh, they start to play a little bit less in, less effectively on offense for some reason. Um, but Pat Mahomes, I think, is the real deal. I don't think there's enough tape on him out there yet. To, and the Patriots didn't even really have the blueprint for how to stop him. Uh, I heard people try to make that case after you know, in recapping the game, but I don't think anyone really was correct. I don't think the Patriots had a blueprint to stop him. They just basically they had the ball last, so they won. 
Like that's yeah. there's nothing more to it. Than that. It's funny, like that you always have that when a team finally gets beaten. There, oh, there's the blueprint now. Yeah, the blueprint is to have Tom Brady and score forty some points. Like that's that's not a that's like be you know give me the blueprint to build like the Eiffel Tower. Well, I don't know where to start. Like there's there's other te- there's teams that just aren't going to be able to do that. The blueprint to build the Eiffel Tower. That's very funny. That's well played. <laughs> so yeah, I it, couldn't agree more with you there. Yeah, yeah it's tough. You need to score a shitload offense. of points. Yeah. Did that yeah, offense look true. the same as it did the last couple of weeks? I mean, there was a lot of motion uh, behind the line as usual, but I don't think it was. They know what I they're thought, doing when Tyree Kill goes in motion. There's no, no way. No, I, I, no, I thought that I thought I saw wrinkles out of the Kansas City offense against the Patriots that we haven't even seen to this point. Like to they be saved honest. it for that game. Yeah, like they, they had them say right. I think they still have more tools in their chest that they haven't really, you know. Haven't really <laughs> I think. Yeah, yet. I don't think Andy Reid's done with this yet. Yeah, so if the if we can get a if we can get a little more of an honest effort out of this Chiefs defensive unit at home with the Arrowhead crowd behind them, uh, if they can, because the Chiefs passing defense isn't bad. They got exposed by Brady, obviously, but like really, it was it was kind of the push in the trenches. I feel like in the way that the Patriots dominated on the ground and kind of you know made the the pass defense play a little bit more conservatively. I think that really opened things up. I don't see how the Bengals are going to be able to do that. I don't think they have those same mismatches. Give me the chiefs here. Minus six at minus one Oh five. Uh, and, uh, win this thing going away, put the bank, you know, continue to pile on the Bengals misery here. Um, this is, uh, what did Sumo's tweet say? Andy, he was basically like, uh, Andy Reid versus Marvin Lewis in prime time. Lick, licking my chops in this one. Um, yeah. Coaching mismatch is real. Uh, do you it's have a uh, total, you total tangent? Yeah, total tangent on coaching mismatches. I, this is one of those came to me in a dreams where I need to put together a coaching <laughs> coaching mismatch. No, coaching power ratings. I need to quantify it with numbers somehow so I can look for like uh, an actual mismatch. And then I want to back test it against second F plays and be like... Ooh. You know, yeah, this is this is yeah. This is just a theory that came to me this morning, sitting in bed, and it was. Do you think like because it just felt like that this year? Like really bad coaches. It doesn't matter what the line is; they're getting crushed in second halves. That's true, especially when it's in, against a good coach, even against the spread. So, I'm, that's gonna that'll be my project here for soon. But yeah, um, you can't overthink this one. Like and as someone with uh, again, we're cheering for Baltimore. I want the I want Cincinnati to go down here. There's I just don't think Cincinnati can keep up with them at home. That's a tough tough spot for them. And yeah, it's I, I might not take the minus six, but you couldn't talk me into Cincinnati plus six. That's for sure. Well, Probably you know bet, the, bet the bet the over, Jesus. I mean, it's going to come through. I'm seeing 58 points. The over does look like it. I mean, you know, uh, this uh, the Chiefs in in prime time they put on a show. This is their second straight week on Saturday Night Football. You like the Chiefs in the house? I do. This is one of my favorites of the week. Um, quite simply, Dalton on the road in prime time. No, thank you. But, uh, <laughs> Good point. Good point. I, I'm yeah. thinking points, 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 man. Weather permitting, I lean over. KC team total over. And KC, I've been to like six Chiefs games, and there's no way Andy Dalton is ready for this crowd. His defense is 29th in total yards against, 23 in points, third down, 31st. Mahomes is going to have third and short all night. They're not stopping him once. This might be an NFL record for most third down conversions. I like that. I just Speaking don't see of, yeah. hope in hell for them. 
I really don't. I, I like think that. it's smashed. I like that. Um, um, okay. Uh, speaking of points, 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 the Bucks game just went over. Oh, barely. I was watching that. Boy, did you see that? Them close that lead. Uh, they yeah, had a twenty-point yeah. lead, and they ended up winning. Oh yeah, yeah. The Hornet, the Hornets covered. Ooh, they covered. Plus yeah, two? really. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, it was. That it was, was like, a wild one. That was the, like the NBA is two forty. The NBA is crazy, man. The NBA is twenty-five. Just made it. in the NBA, it's wild team going like a fifteen to two. It is. They had a one point uh, deficit with like a couple minutes, couple minutes, couple seconds to play. That was crazy. Um, okay, let's um, let's keep moving down a cat here. Where are we uh, at? Your oh. your Minnesota Vikings. Uh, you finally, finally back in your home team this week, Andy. Vikings. Yeah, we grabbed Jets. that. We grabbed that number early. We got some value on that already. Um, Vikings versus um, good coaches, good quarterbacks. Maybe and granted, they they I thought they held up decent in LA. The Bills game, we're just gonna pretend like it didn't happen. Um, I, I felt like the Vikings probably could have lost the game hosting the Niners. That just the Niners actually had some pretty shitty luck in that game. Vikings were probably lucky to get that win. Good coach, good quarterback. The Rams, good coach, good quarterback. Cardinals, rookie quarterback, shitty coach. The Eagles, good coach, good quarterback, but uh, the Vikings first half just that was tough to come back from. So it yep. seems like uh, if, if you can get the Vikings against maybe lesser opponents like this, that defense is going to be better. Um, you know, they've gone against some pretty smart coaches this year. You just start, I mean, uh, Shanny and McVeigh and Peterson. Yeah, I'm not going to throw McCarthy in there. And then you got Todd Bowles. I'm not putting him in that conversation. <laughs> uh, give me yeah, three on the road here. I'm going to take that. Uh, I, I think they can, they can dial up some, some pressure to get to Darnold and the Vikings offense is actually clicking quite nicely right now. I'm, I'm beyond surprised at how well Kirk Cousins is playing. What do you think Kirk this closes like that? It's probably three and a half, four. I bet it's, I mean, you're seeing some three and a half. You don't think that you think that this that it continues to steam in favor of the Vikings? It doesn't come back to the, to the Jets on Sunday morning. I think it might come back. Personally, there yeah, could be some seen, back at four. You know, we've if, seen if some home get there. Docks, we've seen a uh, oh yeah. Meadowlands money. We've seen a lot of that. We've seen a lot of that. Uh, we saw it last week on Thursday with uh, basically uh, you know for no you know there's there is a there is a distinct pattern emerging at least this season where there is public money shaping the market in the favor of home dogs late in the week. Uh, and so just do whatever you want with that information. I'm not necessarily using it to inform my plays, but uh, you should know. No, I'll say this right now. If it's, yeah. I don't do two unit plays. I, everything's just the same bet, but personally with my own money, if that, if that number comes down heavily, like the giants game against Philly, I'm going to put more in Minnesota. Uh, okay. All right. And, and that's, a good, that's a good point to make after that game. You know, all this talk about fade the public, sharp moves and all this. Sharp betters lose 40% of the time. Just because you see counts. a big heavy move doesn't mean it's always right. <laughs> trust, yeah. trust your numbers. Trust your research. Trust your bets. Trust yourself. You don't have to chase the steam and th- or think you're dead wrong because it went against you. You yeah. might not get the closing line value you wanted, but you, you could still make the right play like we did with the Eagles the other week. Okay, well, so Millhouse, Millhouse, I'm not sure exactly where you're going on this game yet, but let's scare Andy a little bit. Um, 
Good luck. The Jets, Jets, the, Jets. The Vikings, uh, <laughs> the Vikings had a situation play out this year where they were playing a team that they were clearly better than. And they had on deck a matchup against a team that they really cared about playing well against. And they uh-huh. underperformed significantly in that spot to the tune of even losing at home as a 17-point favorite. Uh, we see this week they come off of a comfortable win against Arizona. They're looking ahead to potentially a rematch with the New Orleans Saints at home. I agree. Any chance, <laughs> any chance that uh, Minnesota kind of just does whatever they need to do to get a win here or even comes out looking a little uh, you know, unfocused and uh, a little sloppy? Uh, what, how do you how do you grade uh, motivational factors here in well, favor of the Jets? I would say the the Minnesota shouldn't have any motivation really in this game. I mean, they probably want to win, but they're not amped up for this one. Um, just to touch on the sharp side and stuff, I, I think over the last couple of years, the sharp side is not a good side. Um, as sports betting evolves, everyone knows they don't want to be on the square side. So you get the sharps hammering the lines and then everyone on Twitter finding out what the sharps are on. And before you know it, the sharp side has more money than the public. This isn't five years ago. Uh, I think the liability for Vegas is the sharp side. So things are changing. You're seeing a lot more square plays hit. And that's part of a reason to make Minnesota not to be scared of it. The one thing I can say about Minnesota that terrifies me a bit is they have this inability to run the ball. They're not running well. And on the road, that's not good. But they are like way better than the Jets. This isn't even comparable. So um, there's no reason just to take the Jets because it's not square, and that's really the only taste I can make for the Jets. Mm. I, I can't see. I cannot see Sam lighting up Minnesota at all. And th- they did. I mean, they obviously they had bigger leads for parts of uh, the Arizona game, but Murray did. Murray had 155 yards last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he played better. Grant, and granted, that, that can be a bit of that can be a bit of mirage too, because some of that was just trying to salt things away later on. But uh, obviously, true. the receiving the receiving core is doing well. And yeah, like I said, it was one of those weird years where I thought, boy, this defense is going to be good, and we'll see if Kirk Cousins is decent at all. And if not, that's going to be a problem. And it's very it's, good to me. It's been the opposite. Like the defense has let them down at certain points, and. Yeah, and you know what? Another other and Kirk Cousins has looked very nice. So I think Kirk looks quite good. I mean, I mean, I know they ran well recently, but for most of the year, it's been a problem. And for him oh, to yeah. put up those kind of numbers without a running game, especially with like a target on their back, everyone knows this is a top-notch team last year. You know, like you get amped up to play the Vikings, and Kirk's still out there slinging it with no running game. Uh, props to him. I like it. Okay. Well, I'm still holding my Minnesota minus three ticket at minus one fifteen. I'm capping this as a seven point game. I'm at twenty seven twenty. I could see New York Jets having a tough time scoring big time here if if you get a Minnesota defense that looks looks to be solid and improving. Uh, Even uh, Arizona getting seventeen points last week was a little bit of a mirage. They got what like that one weird kind of. Yeah, they had a fumble six, a weird weird fumble return. Yeah, they they, Minnesota could have. Minnesota really could have absolutely. you know, squelch those guys and crazy that uh, Minnesota defense gets to play a rookie quarterback two weeks in a row here. Um, but uh, there you That's are. Cool. Let's Starting talk about yeah, uh, I would say Vikings are past for me. Nice. Uh, okay. It could be close for a while, but you know, 
you know at some point a mistake will be made and they will just take over and maybe even win by 14 when it was close in the third quarter. You know, that's the way I see mm-hmm. this one. Bro. It's kind of ugly. I love I like that. Okay. Let's talk real briefly about uh, Texans Jags, a game I could not find, uh, <gasps> could not find a side on. Uh, the, <laughs> what are you too. laughing about? I'm laughing, laughing about? because my, my notes literally say neither team is impressive. I have nothing intelligent to say. <laughs> I know this one. <laughs> this one was the easiest one to skip. Really? I, yeah, it, the Jags. Okay, You can make somewhat of a case for the Jags that their defense after giving up 40 last week is going to be angry. They're going to try to set the tone in this one and they're going to try to really come after, um, you know, come after Deshaun Watson with a little bit of gusto. The Texans have a huge issue with their offensive line, not performing well. uh, And they're winning in spite of that. Uh, But I think the Jaguars are probably getting a win here. The question is, can they cover five? Uh, Blake Bortles is playing with the lowest confidence I can remember since like two years ago. Um, he's throwing to a wide receiving core that absolutely stinks. He's being protected by an offensive line that absolutely stinks. Uh, you, if you gave me, I guess, I guess, uh, Andy, give me a line on defense scores more points than offense in this game. Oh, doesn't this just feel like last year though? I, I think I'm getting tricked here. And actually Houston's, Houston's defense, you know, you can say whatever, it looked good last week, but it was Buffalo and part of it was Peterman Buffalo. So well, who just I don't know. Peterman? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if Houston's defense is really, it's, it's similar to the Vikings defense or something. Like, you know, you got all these big games. It's tough. And it's like, is it, is it really that good? And Jacksonville actually the same kind of thing, but man, every time we doubted Bortles last year, he'd come out and have a decent game. That's where I, I obviously, I don't, I don't think I want to back uh, Watson. Still hurt, like he he can't be right. I, I saw true. that stat today. They showed uh, I can't remember who tweeted this, but it was uh, quarterback hits allowed this year, and Houston had the most at 70. 70. 70 <laughs> and the next the next worst team was like in the high forties. It was, I mean, it was a maybe that was a little. Uh, it was close to that though. It was embarrassing how bad they've been. I mean, we said this in the preseason. This is probably the one thing that we got very right. Yeah, Atlanta and Cleveland have given up 49 uh, quarterback hits this week through six weeks, and uh, Houston's at 70. So I'm surprised he's survived, like physically, like alive at this point. Uh, Watson might be. If that that defense steps up, Watson might be out of the game at some point. That's sad. Yeah, Bortles, Bortles is playing. Bortles is playing scared. He's not looking good. He's he's just not playing. Like when he plays well, he's making his reads right, and he's taking off at the ball at, at opportune times. And he just looks kind of broken right now. It's kind of a skip game for me. It's the easiest. So totals like forty. Yeah, totals like forty-two. That's probably about right. Under, on. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I'd lean under. I'd lean Jacksonville under. Favorite unders. Uh, tough way to go, though. Then I guess mm-hmm. the one thing yes. I can say is uh, five points might seem a little high, right? And that's if I've noticed anything, it's when you feel like it's too many points. It's usually not like uh, the Bears against Seattle earlier in the year at minus five and a half. A rookie quarterback against Russ Wilson, like people were pounding Seattle, and clearly it wasn't too many points. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say Blake Bortles is going to be winning divisional games by a touchdown, but I think they're kind of saying, go ahead. 
take Houston, mm-hmm. aren't they? Yeah. I mean, I don't think the line's really off. It's just hard to swallow the way they've looked. That's all. It's true. It's true. Okay. When it's hard to swallow, uh, it's not really going to get bet. So, like, it's the kind of game where if it's Jags minus seven, you're more interested in the Jags than you are at Jags minus five or something like that. Uh, I, I mean, mean I, or, 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 the, like or the, the public, the public, the public is uh, uh, is going to back Jags minus seven more than they're going to back Jags minus one. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm a little distracted. I'm about to observe my, my absorb my first uh, bad beat of the NBA season. Uh, the Magic just know. missing free throws like crazy down the stretch here. They're going to blow this game. Those assholes. Um, okay, let's talk about. Uh, Maybe my favorite total play, maybe my favorite play of all I know where we're on going the card here. this week. Uh, we got the Saints going to Baltimore. Saints coming off of their bye. Saints also coming off of the historic performance by Drew Brees on Monday Night Football, putting up 40 million points against the Redskins. Defense who quit. Uh, Ravens defense coming off a shutout. Uh, but more importantly, they are playing extremely confident, extremely well with a full healthy roster, including extremely talented cornerbacks. This Ravens defense is legit. This is an under team going away. They're playing at home, which is going to make it even tougher for Drew Brees to find his legs and get, get put points on the board. Um, they hung this thing at like 50 points and I couldn't get the under fast enough. Uh, I'm at under 49 and a half here at minus one Oh two. I think that as weather kind of trickles in this week, you're going to see it's going to be a windy day. It's going to be, and I ignored the wind in Philly and I'm counting on the wind in Baltimore, which is weird, but uh, Drew Brees is the kind of quarterback that is going to be more impacted by the wind than Cam Newton is. Uh, and for those reasons, give me the under here all freaking day. I'm not worried. I'm not, I'm probably not even going to be scoreboard watching on this one. Uh, although it's in the afternoon and there's no better game on. So I'll probably be actually watching this. Um, Andy, you like a side here? Uh, you going to back the Dirty Birds, or I guess they're not the Dirty Birds, the uh, the Ravens, or uh, or the Saints here? Yeah, that's a whole different team. What are you talking about? Yeah. This was the one. Yeah, when it opened, I made strong cases for both sides before passing because I, I do like you know it seems like so many teams coming off a buy. The buy is just getting negated by putting bad situations. The Bears having to go on the road to play in the humidity. New Orleans having to go on the road and playing a defense that is playing with incredible confidence right now. Um, you know, normally you give me Breeze off the bye and some points, especially three, the way the the way he was slinging it. I might uh, I might think that, but boy, Baltimore is looking good, and I don't know if it was the. The Lamar Jackson thing, but uh, Flacco, Flacco's looked better than he has in previous years. Oh, yeah. He's not great. He's not a great quarterback, but he's looked very serviceable. And with that defense, this is your this is your AFC North champions. If they can get uh, games like this done, this is totally. a tough, tough situation or tough uh, motivational spot, just like the Vikings game. You get these cross-conference games like this. It's hard to get up for them, but uh, I would lean New Orleans even on the road. Even after all that, just coming off a bye, Breeze and Peyton are good. They are, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Interesting. They, they. I'll say, I'll set this up for you, Millhouse. The uh, we were expecting to see this game lined as a pick with the look ahead, and they actually lined it Baltimore minus two and a half. Is that an overreaction? And part of the, <laughs> you know, is the, the 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 people have not seen uh, the Saints in two weeks, so they kind of forget how. 
how lively they are? Like, uh, is their value on the line on the Saints just based on overreaction from last week? Okay, well, I think the overreaction might have finally moved it to where it should be because I have Baltimore as far better than the market does. Mm, okay. Um, but having said that, the better quarterback is off the bye. And I do think Baltimore is the better team. I would rank them like number three right now. Just full potential, um, three, four, something like that. Um, and I know that's probably not a popular opinion. But what I do like in this game, I think Willie Sneed props will be very live against his old team here. Flacco Ooh. seems to like getting him in the slot. Um, and he should not get the best, you know, coverage against him. He's like number three, four on the Ravens depth charter. So um, in the number three spot. So I, I will be looking for Willie Sneed props. And uh, Drew Brees has never beat the Baltimore Ravens. It's the only team left. So sometimes when you're snake bitten, it's just like it just keeps happening. I didn't but realize that. No way in hell am I backing Baltimore against Drew Brees off a of bye. I just can't can't stomach that. But the, we're talking major difference in defenses here, like excessive differences. And we have seen flashes of brilliance in the Baltimore offense. It's not every week, but a couple of those weeks, like against Pittsburgh, that play calling was it was awesome. Yeah, it looked good. It was creative. It, everything about it I liked. And uh, I don't know why we don't see that consistently, but that definitely makes it a hard cap. But yeah, I guess I would have to lead New Orleans, but I, I don't like this game. It's a couple powerhouses. Uh, I really do like Flacco. I've always supported him, even when he's been awful. Um, when he has a good O-line and weapons, he's good. And when he doesn't, he's awful. And I think that should be the standard for a quarterback. I mean, who should play good with a bad O-line. Um, mm. That's just my opinion. Actually, him and Eli Manning, this might be a year or two ago, but I remember reading stats that when they have a clean pocket, they're like in the top five in the league, and when they are under pressure, they're bottom five in the league. Flacco mm. was actually the worst, I think. And Bruce was the quarterback who was the best in that situation. He was great in a clean pocket, and under pressure, he was number one. Now, oh, that's old statistic. But, yeah, so Baltimore will get pressure, but Drew will make the right read. So, uh, Saints are path, but Willie Sneed. And I do like that under, just like you said, uh, totally all over the under. Ah, uh, nice. Okay. Uh, I don't have a lean on this next one. It's a tough Another one kind of right in the nation's capital there. Uh, <laughs> coming just down the road. So, probably another weather game. Uh, it's going to be windy, I guess, on the East Coast this week. So, keep, keep an eye out on Meadowlands, Philly, uh, Baltimore and Washington. Watch those weather reports. Uh, I kind of like the under here, but I ended up having to kind of wave the white flag here because it was a little too low. Uh, Cowboys coming off of a 40-point performance against the Jags. Turn around and go on the road. We have seen that this Cowboys offense has not been nearly as effective on the road as they have been at home. You could argue, though, that they are putting it together. That they are kind of figuring it out. And that the Redskins have still a ton of question marks, especially on defense. And they were lucky to get that win last week against Carolina. Really, they needed a player or two at the end to break their way, and they did. Uh, and they come away with the win. Um, they line the Redskins as favorites here at minus one. It gets bet out to about minus one and a half. I don't think that's a very meaningful move at all. I think this is a three-point game either way, depending on if you can figure out who wins. They probably win by three. Uh, Andy, are you going to go either way on this one? 
I've got some time to think about this one. I need to I need to look a little deeper into this game. This one this, hasn't entered it hasn't interested me. And also neither of these teams is I don't think either of these teams are good, but if like, Dallas closes plus one and a half, are they gonna make their way into a teaser for you? Yeah, that that is the other thing. It could be a teaser leg, especially oh man, yeah. You give me <laughs> yeah. I don't I'm not know. trying to talk I'm, you I'm, into I'm, teasers. You're the teaser. I know. On the road, on the road. I tell your teasers. Yeah, dogs and technically, I mean, if you just want to look at historical numbers, it doesn't matter dog uh, when a dog in a teaser is on the home or the road or home or away. It just really doesn't seem to make a difference. So that doesn't scare me. But boy, that because it feels like it should be a close game. And honestly, that if Dallas Dallas can do anything close to what they were doing last week with any sort of creativity in that offense, boy, they, they could be a decent team. Like it just all year. It's been just disgusting how they've played with, you know, and granted they do need wide receivers, but you have an all world running back, a quarterback who's shown he can play well. Obviously, you know, the, the receiving core was better two years ago, but boy, you would think if they got a little more play action, a little more pre-snap movement, Dallas could be putting up some points. So, yeah, Dallas would be a lean. Dallas and a teaser wouldn't hurt, especially if it sits in that one-and-a-half, two-point long area for me. Mm, okay. Okay. Uh, what's your read on this uh, This divisional? This is kind of uh, – loser is going to have a very tough time competing for the NFC East. Uh, who, do you think, who do you think comes away with the win, Milhouse? And are you a believer – in uh, Dallas kind of starting to figure things out, or do you think there's still huge red flags with them? <clears throat> I wouldn't call the red flags huge anymore, but I don't really believe in them. Like for me, okay, well, hang on. Oh, hold on, hold on. There's a big red flag and he, he is uh, occupying the head coach's office. Oh, I mean, that guy is, <laughs> that guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> there's just no words uh, for him. Coach head coach Jerry Jones uh, isn't calling a very good game plan most days, but they did look good last week. Uh, yeah, Garrett's a bum. I don't understand why he's there other than to be a puppet. But uh, this line stood out to me as low. Uh, do you guys think Dallas is for sure the better team, like a point and a half better than Washington? Oh, uh, at I their best. At, at, if if uh, if I mean get, it is in if, Washington, okay, okay. so they're let, saying, let, let, saying yes, Washington's, yeah. you know. Washington should be like minus three if they're neutral. Or, yeah, yes. so they're, saying, they're saying, you know, they're saying Washington is what, uh, you know, a point and a half worse than a neutral. Yeah. So, no, no, I think, I, I think, think so. way, I think way I read this is in Washington, if they play this game and, you know, this is a divisional game. These teams knew each other. Well, there is no love lost between these teams uh, as the <laughs> cliche goes. Uh, the, if, uh, if you get a, an A effort out of both teams, Dallas's a effort is better than Washington's. It, okay. It's they're, they have a higher ceiling. They have, you know, they have a, they, they, their defense can perform more effectively. Their offense. If, you know, if you have the same kind of, um, you know, offensive output that you had against the lions or against the Jags, which I guess we're both at home. And I think that's a huge differentiating that's a factor. Problem, yeah. um, that's what I got I, here. Yeah. So anyway, I guess, yeah, I guess, my thoughts are the line's not doesn't stink. <laughs> I guess is the best. I way think to put they're it. a little closer to even these two teams than they, you know, than Dallas being a full point and a half better on the road because their home and road splits are huge. Uh, that's a big issue, you know. The, okay. If this was in Dallas, I'd 
I'd be happy to say they're a point and a half better plus the home field, but on the road, I don't really think they are. The better QB plays for Washington. Uh, I don't, I, like I said, I don't really back worse quarterbacks on the road. So it's a rule that saved me some money over the years. So I just kind of pass if I like Dallas, but yeah, I'm not interested in this game. I, but I do feel like that line is low. And, mm. uh, and that doesn't to me mean value on Washington. I think the line maker is the best handicapper out there. And most people don't respect him as much as they should or her or whoever is doing this or whatever supercomputer it is. Um, <laughs> I mean, if they're, they're, they're kind of inviting you here, they really are. I don't know. So I'm passing, but the stack on the road is gross to me. They look so much better in a dome where the speed it's, is available. That's true. And that is 100% true. Night and day better than Dak, I think. As sad as that sounds. I, I will say, I do like I do like uh, the pass rush for Washington. I like it if, for Dallas. If there's, a bright spot, if there's a bright spot for the Washington defense, it's definitely the – especially the edge rush. Seems so to be like, – seems like that's – yeah, that, I mean, that could be neutralized. Yeah, that could be neutralized big time, though, by the O-line for the Cowboys, which is probably exactly. their strength. We can call it neutral, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not interested in this one at all, but <laughs> e, Dallas is kind of ugly on the road. So, yeah, I just don't know what to make of it. Yeah, this is – this is uh, it, I'm okay, so I guess the way I would crystallize this game is I want to fade the Cowboys on the road. I want to fade the Redskins this week because they won last week and because they've been zigzagging. So I can't fade both teams. I can't really make a case that it goes <laughs> under. That's really low total, so skip this one all the <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Let's talk about Rams and the Niners here for a hot second before and uh and then wrap up this pod. This was supposed to be the primetime game. We were supposed to see Jimmy G uh versus Jared Goff, Kyle Shanahan versus Sean McVay. It was supposed to be kind of a, a big future of the NFC NFC West will be decided between these teams. No Jimmy G. Instead, it's uh it's the mighty CJ Bethard. Who uh, is going to be, uh, you know, is is going to be on the spot for the second straight week against as a as a double digit dog? Uh, the Niners performed admirably on Monday night. They not only covered, uh, they probably should have won that game. Uh, I think they I think you saw a couple of coaching blunders by Shanahan as they were trying to close that thing out. Uh, I think that uh, Packers probably should have taken the L there, but uh, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers and. Uh, to the surprise of no one, he leads a game-winning comeback drive with like a minute left. Um, San Francisco now has, yeah, yes, they have to I turn mean, around I, now. Got the ball in good field position and maybe won that game if Sherman didn't take the holding penalty. That's a good point. That's a good point. So it was that close for the Niners as a huge dog on the road. Also, uh, Behard uh, throwing that deep pass that was basically a punt. I that didn't get it all. Definitely, I didn't get. Definitely. I didn't understand that call at all. That play call was the worst play call I, of the day. I didn't there make any sense. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. I. I that, were, that, that, yeah. Yeah. Before that play call was the worst. All of the Mark Mike McCarthy play calls pre- preceding that were tied for the worst, and then that one became the worst play call of the day. Um, but the uh, let's let's uh, let's see here if they can bounce back on a short week uh, and compete in division. Uh, this feels like they get run over by a Rams team. That's even though the Rams are on their third road game in a row, it hasn't been a ton of travel. Uh, where did the Rams go? They went uh, to Seattle. They went to Denver, and now they're in San Francisco. 
all West Coast trips, not a ton of flight flying. Uh, that said, three times in a row on the road is not easy. So maybe that drop, maybe you get a little bit underwhelming performance here from the Rams. I looked at the under a little bit, but it's awful tough to go week in, week out back in the under against the Rams. And I feel like I got uh, pretty lucky getting your home last week against the Broncos. But uh, uh, so I'm skipping this one. Andy, you got a feel for uh, for Rams Niners? I think I'm done with double digit spreads. Like, for my career, <laughs> honestly, I sh- we should go back and look at that. Like, if it's a double digit, oh, spread, that's a good point. Uh, is it? Like, is it? Patriots, is it dogs? Patriots, the Patriots at home against the Colts with all of their receiving weapons out of the game. I'm okay laying double digits. Okay. Yeah, th- there's a spot for it. I thought I had one earlier in the season, and you know what? C.J. Beathard screwed me out of that one. The Chargers look good. Couldn't stop him. Was that was that the game? Was it Niners yeah, Chargers? Yeah. Or that was yeah, one. He looked good against the Chargers. That was I, I made that a huge downgrade. Obviously, so did the market. It didn't work out. That was it sucks. Like it was a probably I think it was a winning week, and that one really bothered me because I can't believe how bad the Chargers defense is like. Um Bethard's not playing bad. He he looks pretty funny. bad. Yeah, he looked pretty bad at points last year. But he, he does look okay. Obviously, the Rams are not being stopped by anyone right now. You wonder if there's ever going to be any complacency, seeing how big this lead in the division is going to end up here soon. But, uh, it's and it, again, it's not like a huge travel spot. It's not that far to go up the coast. The Rams really have not had to travel. It's amazing. At uh, I think, did we say that? Do they not have to go to the East Coast at all this year? Uh, they might not. They go to Mexico to play the Chiefs. I that'll be a game. Man. Yeah, it, if you want to look at their the schedule, e- they got to go to the Eagles. Is the Eagles in LA? It's uh, in LA. They might. They they're they're away games from here on out. They go up the coast. They go to New Orleans. They go to Detroit. They go to Chicago, and then they go to Arizona. So they have three to the Central Time Zone left. And two more on the coast, essentially Phoenix, I guess, whatever Western. And yeah, they, their travel has been pretty. I mean, maybe we look at that when we get to the playoffs. Granted, it's not like oh, we should. The Rams aren't really that good. They are a great team, smart coach. Goff's playing good, but boy, they were blessed with quite the uh, quite the schedule. Even with some tough teams, they do have to play the the Packers, Saints. Chiefs, Eagles, Bears, those are all winning teams, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Their schedule really did break out well. You're right. It's true. Yeah. Interesting. Very favorable. Okay. Very favorable. <laughs> and actually, you know who else is uh, the Chiefs? The toughest part of the Chiefs schedule is behind them as well. You really could oh, yeah. be talking about Rams and Chiefs just running away with one seeds from here, if uh, unless there's like a major weird injury. Um, yeah, Chiefs played... Chiefs play at home a ton going on going on in and uh and all of their hard games to me at least look look over except for their their tilt against the Rams in Mexico City. Weird that the best uh, NFL game of the whole season is going to be in Mexico. I don't don't know if they anticipated that but uh, here we are. Um yeah, if you if you're totally sold, you can still get Rams Chiefs Super Bowl matchup for like 8 to 1. Mhm. Yeah, that's true. Okay. All right, uh, Milhouse, you gonna skip this one as well, or do you got any uh, long-term thoughts on the Rams? 
Well, I I think the Rams are the team to beat in the NFC. It seems obvious and square, but uh, that'll lead to a lot of people fading it along the way and probably losing their shirts. This team's complete. Their defense is only going to get better, I think. Uh, but as far as this game goes, this line is basically nuts for a divisional game, right? Like, is there a huge drop-off between CJ and Jimmy G? I mean, a real huge drop-off? Because I think if Jimmy G was playing, this would be definitely <sighs> it's a, a tough it's I a think good ba- based point. off, if yeah. this was his first game, if this was like the Chargers game where they hadn't seen him and they were basing it off last year's performance, then this might be 13. Yeah, fair enough. But, but he's but. looked, he's looked, you know, competent. He's looked average. And, and, and average. Granted, the Packers, Packers defense is pretty, pretty porous at times too, but he's looked better than expected. And I think that did bring it down a little. Would you say yeah. that San Francisco looks on par with Denver or no, not even close? Uh, if you can have somebody who can run with Goodwin, maybe they can't score because that guy is so fast. Yeah, he's quite good. Like, it, it, he just he goes full. It's it's like the Chiefs move where try to outrun this guy. I'm going to throw it over the top, see what you can do with that. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I, I, I think that I think the Niners. I think the Niners with Bethard playing as they're currently playing are better than the um, are better than the Broncos. Yeah. So I mean, what we've seen is the Broncos cover rather easily, but or with I mean enough gap. But uh, I mean, the weather was a bit of a factor there. It'll certainly be nice in San Francisco, I would imagine. Uh, it was a weird game though, still too, because like uh, the what do you call it? Uh, the Rams ran for like 250 yards. Yeah, like they, I really there. don't, I really don't know how they didn't cover that game. That was a weird one. Uh, it never really felt like it was in doubt, and it ended as a three-point game, which is wild. Just a backdoor, you know. That's the problem with the big spread. I mean, Rams can be up 16, 17 points late and blow this, no problem. I mean, they could if they just are content with winning the game and leaving healthy, right? Uh, yeah, I would right, take the Rams. Right. Like I mentioned earlier, if it seems like way too many points, it's probably not. And I think a lot of people just see in San Francisco compete. Uh, they look good against the Chargers. They look good against Green Bay. Uh, the Rams didn't look great against the Broncos. I mean, they, we, we've seen that they did, but based on the score, which I think is uh, what <laughs> the average sports better probably looks at, they're probably thinking this is too many points. And... Well, I guess I would beg to differ. It's probably not too many points. If they can run anything respectable, the Rams should kill them. Um, like you said, there's enough film out on CJ now. The San Francisco offense, uh, I expected better. We've seen that awful play call on third and two of the game on the line. If they're going to be doing dumb stuff like that, the Rams will eat them for lunch. So mm. Shanahan has to call a good game for this to be close. And is he going to? I don't know. Hmm. So he's got a, a uh, he's he's definitely hasn't you know he's got uh, he competed really well at home against the Rams with a pretty horrible quarterback in Hoyer last year. Uh, that was a Thursday night game that ended forty one thirty nine, if I remember right. Uh, and then in the finale, when the Rams had all of their starters benched, they beat beat the the Niners beat the Rams like a drum in that finale. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean Shanahan, I think, and I think he knows, you know, McVeigh is the guy in the in the NFC in the in the NFC West, especially. He's the guy. Yeah, this is a big one for him. So, I think Shanahan it'll be interesting. Will definitely throw the kitchen sink here. Okay, 
All right. Interesting. 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 I just don't know. I don't think. Yeah. Too too much uncertainty really to get involved with this one, especially with San Francisco on a short week after losing a heartbreaker like that. Um, Okay. Let's uh, let me ask. uh, We usually say Monday for. Uh, for the Sunday pod we do since uh, there's a little interesting handicap left, but you got to, you got to lean either way on that Monday night game. Milhouse? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, as, as simple as I can put it, I'm not interested in backing Eli on the road in prime time, but I did expect Atlanta to miss the playoffs since before the preseason this year. I might be the only one, but uh, so I'd hate to lay six uh, teams hosting the Super Bowl, aside from Minnesota last year have been terrible year in and year out uh it seems like max revenue is already generated and when i look at arthur blank <laughs> i see businesses <laughs> you know could you possibly okay. look at any more business oriented than arthur blank looks um but having said that i mean these primetime games really shape public opinion and i could see atlanta spanking them and everyone thinking they're back and they will continue to not cover whereas the Giants might actually get better and people will be fading them. So this might be a pivotal game uh, for Vegas, but in no way uh, do I see it bettable. The one okay. thing I can say, though, is with KC being like minus six and Atlanta minus six, you're going to see like an alarming amount of teasers in the last <laughs> two games Good with everybody chasing. Yeah, I mean, that's something I look at. I don't necessarily think it's rigged, but maybe the schedule maker is smarter than we think and they can put teams up against certain teams to shape our perspective and then throw them in prime time and generate some revenue. Um, when you bet at noon, let's just say, and you win, uh, the average person is definitely betting the winnings in the afternoon. And if you lose, you're definitely chasing in the afternoon. So the afternoon, uh, it always provides the weirdest losses. It always has the upset you cannot see coming. And if Vegas wins the afternoon, they've won the week. After that, it's just like a coin flip left in the popular teaser. So this does set up for a public thrashing if the Giants win. But will they? I, I mean, I don't know what to think here. Atlanta is just a mess. They have good offensive stats, but, jeez, uh, what a crapshoot. I don't know. They're if they dangerous. They're, They're dangerous in that dome. They're yeah. ridiculous. That offense is ridiculous in that on that dome. Okay. Yeah, All right. Totally. Well, let's wrap this up. Thank you so much for joining us yeah, thanks today. for taking thanks for taking time and talking football with us and yeah totally happy best to do of it. luck in in week 19 of the week cfl <laughs> cfl yeah we got a few plays already on that but uh it's uh certainly not a whole lot of action just friday night 19 oh they're they're all on friday well it's the same game i i got uh oh, plus plus seven and the over so Sure. Um, I think that's all I'll be touching this week. There's only four games a week, so I don't exactly litter the board. Oh, it's kind of right tough. <laughs> so, perfect. All right. All right. Let's wrap it up. Good, night. Good job. For having me. Great job. Really appreciate all your perspective. Uh, got an exciting game going on. But by the way, the magic held on for me uh, with a very lucky, turno- very lucky heat turnover late in that game. Uh, and we got a really good baseball game going on in Houston. Houston 3-3. Three three end of the third. That one's going to be fascinating. We got predict- live live prediction. Put you on the spot so that people can uh, can make think you're smarter or crazy tomorrow, Andy. Oh, I mean, I'll just give it to the home team. Maybe a little revenge for. I think th- I don't think that was fan interference. You don't I feel it, it's tough. It's tough to because it, you're seeing different angles, but I think he reached into the crowd. It was close. 
and honestly, that's Joe West's discretion. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's tough when it's on such a high leverage play like that, but uh, what are you going to do? That, that's, that's, it's awful when uh, a big, big play in a big series like that is decided at Joe West's big fat gullet. So, <laughs> all right. Well, take care guys. Appreciate you again for, uh, for spending time with us and uh, enjoy week seven of the NFL and uh, let's, let's uh, best luck. Best of luck. Thank you, guys.